And so if you were with us back in February, we did a series about prayer, and we talked about just praying and never giving up, and the theme verse of that um, talk or those talks was Luke 18.1. And it's a story that Jesus is explaining, and so he's wanting to tell them a story. And so Luke 18.1 says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And so we talked about what that meant, what it meant to pray, what it means to never give up in our prayers. And we gave this kind of simple format for our prayers. It was an acrostic for the word pray. And so it was praise, repent, ask and yield. If, you are, if you're struggling to jump into prayer or maybe your prayer life has gone stagnant, it's a simple kind of outline that you can use to kind of walk through your prayers each day and when you take time to pray and do that. And so what we do is we start off with praise. We just lift up God's name. We give him worship. We just, you know, thank him for being who he is and how much he loves us. We repent. We kind of examine ourselves and ask God to look at anything inside of our lives that might not be according to his word and how he wants us to live. And then we begin to ask and we just say, God, I got some needs in my life and I want you to meet those needs and just be there for me as I walk through these things. And then finally, we end our time of prayer with just a time just to say, God, I yield to your will. Not my will be done, but your will be done. And whatever's going on in my life, I choose to submit to those things. And so that was kind of the format, the outline. And so what we're going to be doing, though, is we're going to be walking through some other spiritual disciplines that we think you'll find very valuable to your life as you follow Jesus and as you grow in that relationship. And so as we do that throughout the year, rather than creating a new series for each thing, and just kind of like just creating all these new graphics and things, we wanted to kind of package it under one deal because really this should be the attitude that we pursue Christ in and anything that we do to grow closer to him. We should always pray and never give up in whatever endeavor that we're venturing into. And so that's where, that's where any spiritual discipline, any spiritual practice has to be rooted in. It has to be rooted in prayer. And so that's where we start. And so if you weren't able to be here or you only heard one of the talks, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that over prayer because that's where any other spiritual discipline or practice that we talk about, that's what it's going to be rooted in is prayer. And so today we're going to be talking about fasting today. And in our culture and our normal tendencies, fasting may not be the first thing that you think about when you're thinking about the things you do to pursue after God. And so, um, but we, even though that is the case, we still think here that it can be a valuable practice or discipline that you'll find beneficial as you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And so if you don't know what fasting is, the dictionary definition is to abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. If you went to Merriam-Webster, that would be the definition you'd find there. For our purposes today, something a little bit maybe simpler and intentional for what we're talking about is it's intentionally choosing to forgo something. So usually food is what we're going to kind of hit on most today, but so that we can devote that energy towards Jesus. So anytime we fast and say, you know what, I'm going to not eat today, we're going to replace that time and effort and energy that we put into those things, and we're going to replace it with time, effort, and energy into pursuing Jesus. And so that's the key thing. It's not just about skipping meals to prove that we have strong willpower. It's not about, you know, saying, I can go a whole week without eating any food and not doing anything else. You know, you need to pray. You need to pursue after Jesus. And so it's really about replacing energy that we put into those things so we can pursue after Jesus. And so today is going to be all about investing, investigating how that process works with fasting and how our hearts can be reoriented 
uh, refocused and put in tune with God when we practice the spiritual discipline of fasting. And so we're going to start with a verse talking about Jesus when he fasted. It's in Matthew. And the context of this story is that Jesus was just baptized by John the baptizer, John the Baptist. And so he comes up out of the water. And so you, you read in scripture that it says this, uh, that a voice came from heaven as the spirit descended on Jesus like a dove. And this is what the voice said. He said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So that's how the story ends. And so then in Mark 4, the story that we're going to hit on, 1 through 4, it says this, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by there, be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And so two things jump out right from the beginning. is like, how many times have we all been maybe in a high watermark moment with God? And then immediately after that, something maybe terrible happens or something really hard gets thrown in our way. And so it's like, okay, we need to trust God in this. What I love about this is we get to look to Jesus as the example. Because when you talk about a moment, clouds open up. The voice comes from heaven. This is my dearly loved son, you know, who I find great joy in. And then, now go to the desert and be tempted by the devil. You know, it's just like in those moments we have to trust and move to things. The second thing that's really important is we should find real comfort in knowing that Jesus was fully human and lived his life feeling the same things that we feel when we're going through our human life. It wasn't, it didn't, scripture didn't say that he fasted for 40 days, but because he was the son of God, he felt no hunger. The, the story's not very compelling if that's how it goes. Jesus wants us to know, God wants us to know and understand that Jesus is fully human, that he feels if we chose to not go without food or to go without food for 40 days, we would be hungry. I know I would be very hungry. As the scripture says, Jesus was too. And so we look to him as our example and as our help whenever we're going to be talking about fasting and going on. But going on um, into um, the, the verse 3, it says, During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so that's really the theme verse that any time that you're fasting, you should really think about. Is that we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because in our culture, fasting seems counterintuitive. We're often told that we need to maximize our energy. We need to have a good breakfast. You know, if we're going to maximize anything we're doing throughout the day, got to be well fed. We can't go hungry because that means something's wrong. And so it's different when we're talking about fasting and becoming closer to God because it's not what our first thing is. But here Jesus points to an Old Testament uh, verse in Deuteronomy to resist the temptation that the devil was bringing right in front of him. Jesus is hungry. He hasn't been fed in 40 days. And so the devil is going to go to the first thing that would uh, appeal to Jesus in that moment. And that was food for his stomach to be fed. And so this is the mystery of like so many different things that we read about in scripture. Is that things are often different than what we know them to be. It doesn't make sense that we would actually gain more insight and focus into following Jesus if we choose for a moment to say, you know what, I'm going to pull back from eating food so I can put my focus and trust into God in this moment. And so I think fasting is especially difficult right now in our culture and our society because 
our culture actually overconsumes food, when we're talking specifically about food. I did just a little bit of quick research. If you can find a, this article I found was on health.gov, so it's a government kind of uh, research they did in their findings. And so I just want to read you the top paragraph of this article I read. It says, the typical eating patterns currently consumed by many in the United States do not align with the dietary guidelines. About three-fourths of the population has an eating pattern that is low in vegetables, fruits, dairy, and oils. More than half of the population is meeting or exceeding total grain and total protein foods recommendations, but are not meeting the recommendations for the subgroups within each of these food groups. Most Americans exceed the recommendations for added sugars, saturated fats, and sodium. So basically, we really like to overconsume the bad things, and we like to underconsume the things that actually bring us real nourishment. It goes on and says, in addition, the eating patterns of many are too high in calories. Calorie intake over time in comparison to calorie needs is, the best evaluated, is best evaluated by measuring body weight status. The high percentage of the population that is overweight or obese suggests that many in the United States overconsume calories. More than two-thirds of all adults are ne and nearly one-third of all children and youth in the United States are either overweight or obese. And so, I'm, let me just be clear, I'm not a nutritionist. This isn't a health food talk. This isn't like a healthy eating like diet plan we're talking about today. But what I think that paragraph does is it shows that our culture does have some weaknesses when we're talking about how much food we eat and in certain the types of kinds of foods that we eat. And so you might, just to be honest, you might look up here and say, well, speak for yourself, buddy. And so just so you know, I'm willing to fess up and own to that. And so it's something I, I'm working on. And so I just want to be clear, you know, like I like to be, you know, an equal opportunity offender. And so I just want you to be clear. And so, but what that means, what that means for our focus is that sometimes why it's so counterintuitive and countercultural for to think about fasting and doing that as a way to pursue God is because our culture loves to overconsume food. Overconsume food. And so it's crazy for us to think that we would stop for a moment and actually use those time, resources, and in a time that we use to eat and ingest food, to use that time to pursue, Je pursue Jesus. And so if you remember, maybe here at Open Life, two years ago, we did a series called A Meal with Jesus. It was by an author who wrote a book all about using food to just know that God is blessing you, to know that he's giving you that benefit and giving you those resources for your body and using it as a way to connect with your family, your friends in your neighborhoods, over the table that you have in your home. So really use food as a way to be in the presence of Jesus. But even this author wrote, his name's Tim Chester, he wrote this about fasting. We not only express our dependence on God by feasting, but also by fasting. Just as food points to the goodness of God, so the hunger of fasting reminds us of our need for God. Most of us rarely get hungry before the next intake of food comes along. When we perceive no need, then our self-sovereignty is undisturbed. But fasting brings our need to the fore. Fasting reminds us that we're creatures. We're not self-existent. As the hunger, pains, bite, we recognize with gratitude and prayer our dependence on creation, on community, and on God. The spiritual discipline of fasting can help remind our hearts that we don't live on bread alone, but that we live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
And so our big question today, it's not a big idea, we're going to just talk about this as a, like, just thinking about it, is, is how can the practice of fasting help us grow in our relationship with Jesus? And the way that we can grow in our relationship with Jesus through fasting is simply thinking about the reallocation of energy that we put into getting food, preparing food, making our meals, setting the table, putting it on the table, eating it, cleaning up after your meals. That's the part I hate about food the most, I think, is having to do the dishes afterwards. But when you think about all that time that goes into it, and maybe taking a day, maybe a meal, or maybe as you grow in this practice even longer to where you say, I'm going to use all that time, energy, and resources, and I'm going to use it to pursue God. Instead of eating, I'm going to sit down and maybe read my Bible and have an intentional time of prayer and just ask God to refocus my heart. And so this is what it is. It's not about just skipping a meal, but it's about the reallocation of energy and time and our resources and using those to pursue God instead. And so there's three things we're going to hit on. And the first one is that we fast for many reasons. So all the reasons that why would we do that? Well, throughout Scripture, you read a fast done by different people for many different reasons. And so I'm just going to rapid fire these off really quick. This is, you can find these throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. But you, you can do this for strengthening prayer, seeking God's guidance, expressing grief, seeking deliverance or protection, expressing repentance and returning to God, humbling oneself before God, expressing concern for the work of God, ministering to the needs of others, overcoming temptation and dedicating yourself to God, expressing love and worship to God. That's like all 10 things I just listed off there. And if any of those rank true, then fasting might be for you in those moments. But I want to hit on like five key ones. And so the first one is that we fast to center ourselves on God. One of the first people to see and acknowledge Jesus when he was born was a prophet named Anna. She's in the temple, and she's just been waiting for God to come. And in this moment, there's a time where Joseph and Mary come to the temple to dedicate Jesus. It's about eight days after he was born. And so there's a story in Luke 2.37, and this is how she describes. It says, we're told of her that she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Not to say that she fasted for 84 years, or what was it? Yeah, 84 years. But that she used fasting as a time, and an intentional time for her to focus on God continually. And I think it's through this practice of doing that, she was able to center herself on God, and she was able to recognize, even when Jesus was a baby, that he was in fact the Son of God. So we fast so that we can center ourselves on God. Acts 13, 2-3 talks about another time of people finding, needing direction on what to do. And so it says this in Acts 13, 2-3. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So we see this practice of fasting in the early church. They used it so that they could know God's will, and so that they could actually act on God's will. Prayer and fasting, followed by more prayer and fasting. The second reason, we fast to reveal where other things are controlling us in our lives. When we fast, you're going to get hungry, the pains are going to start coming, and you're going to begin to notice things in you that maybe you've been able to hide through the comfort of food. 
Um, one of the, the authors that I really enjoyed in talking about spiritual disciplines is Richard Foster. And so I was reading about his little section on fasting in his book, The Celebration of the Disciplines. And I found this rather convicting. And so I'll just read it because it's, it's interesting. He says, anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear. If they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger then we will realize that we are angry because the spirit of anger is actually within us. We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that healing is available through the power of Christ. We're able to have an issue. We fast that arises. We address it. We repent of it. And then we depend on God for healing in those moments. And so recently, I've actually been walking through a Daniel fast, which I'll talk about later. But this actually exact thing happened to me. I found myself being short and angry in a moment, and I was like convicted. The minute it happened, I was like, why am I acting like this? And so, of course, I come home to Danny, and I explain what happened, and I think, I'm like, man, I'm just hungry. I just really want some food, or I want the foods that I want. I need some sugar. I need some caffeine. I need some carbs. Just give me carbs. And so then, a little bit later, the next morning, I was praying, and you know what? I was just angry. I had been stuffing my face with things to distract me from my anger, and so when you're fasting, it's like those things come, but you need to address them when they happen. So we fast to see what might be controlling us that we're not aware of. The next reason is we fast to feast on God's word. Fasting gives us the opportunity to throw ourselves into the word of God, to take an intentional time where we might have de um, devoted that time to preparing and eating food, to devoting a time to feasting on God's word instead. John 4, 31 through 34, ta Jesus is talking, and it's this story is explaining this. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. And so this is totally my response if I heard Jesus. They're, they looked at themselves and say, Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Maybe you've never felt that fulfillment when you're in scripture that you like you think you need or like maybe you come and worship on Sundays and you're like you know what? it just doesn't hit me the way that I see it hits other people. And so maybe that's because you're so fulfilled in every other area of your life that you don't need God's fulfillment that comes from his word. Maybe an intentional time for you to say, you know what, I'm going to pull back from food and the enjoyment and the fulfillment that that brings to me. And I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to devote myself to the fulfillment and the joy and the life that only God can give me. We feast on God's word when we fast. And then finally, we fast to find balance in our lives. Fasting gives us an intentional time to examine ourselves and to allow God to show us where we may be overnourishing ourselves or maybe where we're undernourishing ourselves. And so in 1 Corinthians 6.12, Paul is saying, you say I'm allowed to do anything. This is basically he's saying we have freedom, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. When we overindulge in certain areas of our lives, we can easily become slaves to those areas. 
Food is probably high on that list. When we overindulge in food on a continual basis, it can actually become an idol or a God in our lives that becomes in the place of God. And so sometimes we have to just step back and say, for a time, for a meal, for a day, for a number of days, I'm going to just step back from food and I'm going to totally trust that God's going to reveal these things and he's going to bring balance back to my life because I'm going to be in right mind and right heart with who God is. And so, how do we fast? And so we're going to be get some pretty practical here now. The next thing that we want to talk about is that we fast in different ways. And so there's just a few different fasts that I want to talk to you about. The first one's called an absolute fast. Basically, no food and you're just drinking water. And so the important thing when you're talking about fasting is always drink water. This is like my... Uh, like PSA, it's my like making sure that we hit this so that we never get sued in the future when someone goes home and doesn't eat any food, doesn't drink any water, and then gets dehydrated. But you always need to drink water. Let me just be super clear about that. Whenever you're fasting, drink water. There's no limit on water that you can drink. And so always drink water. So it's just simple. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm going to go a meal and I'm just going to drink water and I'm going to focus on God. As you begin to progress, maybe you want to go to a day or 36 hours or three days. And then so then when you start getting into more than three days, that's when you have to really start thinking about what you're doing. You should probably have a team involved. You should probably talk to us here at Open Life and we'll be there to pray with you and support you in that. Because that's a big deal, like to go longer than that without any other food. So there's some extra training that you should know about and just some things to consider and think about. The next one's called a supernatural absolute fast. And so you will read in scripture there are times where people did no food and no water. But let me just be super extra clear. Like this is like a supernatural moment and you have to know that God is calling you to do that. And so I'm just going to say again, if you feel like God's calling you to do a supernatural absolute fast, make sure you talk to the pastors and find a team to help you through this so that they're there to you know, guard you. You know, sometimes we might think we're going down a path, but we need people, other like-minded Christians that are going to come behind us and help us in this pursuit. So then uh, we get into what's called a liquid fast. So you still know food, but you begin to supplement with fruit or vegetable juices. And so this can become really practical. And if you're starting out, a juice fast might be something that you might be interested in. If you've never fasted before, drinking juice and doing that and just, you know, abstaining from food, it can be a really good way for you to, like, put your feet in the water in this pursuit. And it can really take the edge off. And so it can help you do that. And so I just read a book just to show you a way that you could work this. I was reading a book by an author, and she described that one of the things she does every single year the week before her birthday is to do a juice fast. And so she'll go a whole week without uh, any food, but just drinking juices throughout the day. And she does this to kind of end her year and to just get focused for the new year. And she's someone who likes to get like a word for the year and kind of let that be her theme for the year. And so she uses that week to pray and just feel like what God is speaking to her, a refocus, a rebalancing of her life, if you will. And so it's a good time to do that. So, but so then you get into different things. The number four is what's called a partial fast. And so this can be abstaining from specific foods, but still eating like some, certain foods. And so oftentimes you might have heard of a Daniel fast. I know if you're into Marvel or Jurassic Park, Chris Pratt was just talking about he did a Daniel fast with his church. And so what a Daniel fast is, 
is basically you're only eating fruits and vegetables for either 10 days or 21 days. And where the teaching from this comes, comes from the book of Daniel. And so there's a few different times where one, he talks about not just eating fruits and vegetables, or just basically vegetables for 10 days to prove that uh, God would um, empower him and strengthen him, even to those who are still eating meat and all the finer foods of their culture. And so then again, in a later time, he says, I first I forsaked wine and every good tasting food for a period of three whole weeks. And so there's different ways to do that. And so you'll read different books about Daniel fasts. And so the one I was doing was from a lady. She wrote a book called The Ultimate Guide to the Daniel Fast. Her name is Kristen Fiola. And so that's one of the resources, if you're interested in reading more about that, that can be found on the Next Steps page or um, on the digital side of your app. You can find it at the bottom of that as well. And so what's div- what I found interesting for that is she actually added whole grains. So when I was doing that, it's uh, fruits and vegetables for 21 days, and then you can also have whole grains. And so I was eating a lot of oatmeal and brown rice and stuff. So just different things that you can do um, when you're doing that. And so then I want to move on to something else called a non-food-related fast. And so you may have you've probably heard different people do things like this, but this is abstaining from things that aren't related to food, but still kind of thinking about what you consume. And so we think about uh, that this is great for people who physically can't do food fasts because of health issues in their lives. Maybe they're diabetic or they're pregnant. And just another PSA, if you're at all skeptical about if this is healthy for you to do, then you should talk to your doctor about doing a fast. And just explaining, you know what, my church is doing a fast and I've been interested in doing that, but I am kind of concerned will it affect me in this way with prescriptions and things like that. Get the advice of your doctor to do that. So this isn't, we want to be smart and we want to be healthy in the way we do this, but these are practical ways that you can do that. But so some um, thinking about things such as television, social media, time on the internet, uh, even more even specifically caffeine or sugar, and you're saying, you know what, there's specific things that aren't necessarily all food related that I want to give up and use that time to pursue Jesus. And so again, think about the reallocation of the time and energy that you put into those things. Maybe you're just a pro at binge watching on Netflix through 10 episodes of a season. And you say, you know what, I'm going to give that up for a season. I'm going to use that time to be in scripture, to be in prayer. Like you're reallocating that energy and time you put into something else so that you can put it into Jesus and to pursuing after him. To find balance, to be centered around God, and to be able to find just a new sense of prayer in your life. And so finally, the thing that we do when we're fasting is we fast intentionally. Um, So just for an example, you go home, you go to sleep tonight, you wake up in the morning, but you slept through your alarm. And so you're frankly, maybe you're getting the kids to school at spring break, but you're doing your uh, typical routine to get out of the door and get to work. And then you pull up to the, your place of business and you're like, oh, wow, I like totally skipped breakfast this morning. You're like, awesome, I'm already fasting and I'm already doing what we talked about yesterday. And so I would say, that's great you did that, but that is not a fast. Like, that had no intentional pre-planning. That had no intentional thought that you were going to reallocate that time, like, of you 
pursuing Jesus so that you could do that. And so I'm not trying to be like a nitpicker up here, and I'm not trying to be legalistic about it, but it truly is about if you take the time that you invest into your food and begin investing that in Jesus, that's what you should consider a fast. And you're doing it so that you can grow closer to God in your relationship with Him. The spiritual discipline of fasting is taking an intentional time of prayer and a pursuit of God in the normal time that you would have had doing other things. And so Matthew 6, 16 through 18 is a teaching by Jesus when he talks about fasting and how we should fast. And so as we begin to think about planning this, this is kind of what you should think about. Jesus says this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows, you, who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. And so notice that Jesus said, when you fast. It's not like he said, you know, if you choose to fast, he was really thinking for their culture, this was a normal practice that Jewish people were accustomed to. And he's saying, when you fast, when you're doing this, don't do it for the sake of someone giving you a pat on the back and says, wow, I'm so challenged by your pursuit of Jesus. Jesus is saying like, you know, you should be doing it with one focus in mind, and that's me. And so that's what we're doing when we're choosing to fast is we're forsaking other things so that we have one focus in mind and in our hearts, and that's Him. And so hopefully by the end of this right now, you're at a place where, you know what, I could try this. I'm ready to kind of put my feet in the water with this fasting thing and try it out. And so there's some things that you should keep in mind. And the first thing is to do is to start small. If you've never fasted before, I'd encourage you to take this week and just pick a meal over the course of this week. Maybe for your schedule, breakfast makes sense because you're able to take that time and just start your day off focusing on God. Maybe for you, you know, you have just like an undisturbed hour at work where you have to take a lunch and you'd say, you know what, instead of like eating, I'm going to go off to my car or a private place and I'm just going to open up scripture and I'm going to pray and just ask God to speak to me so I can be refocused that I can find balance in my life and I can just put God at the center. But if you're, when you're starting out, don't just come up and be like, man, tomorrow, Monday, I'm going to go the whole week without eating food and I'm just going to drink water. Because there's many things that you should begin to think about. And this is part of the planning process. And so the, the way that we want to fast is with a plan. And so basically just ask yourself, you know, the normal questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? And begin to answer those questions on how you're going to do it. And so for who, are you going to do this just with yourself? Or are you going to do it like with others? Maybe with a spouse or, or a family. You're going to teach them about this. You know, or are you going to do it with a, your small group? And, and, you know, have a time together where you're going to do this as a group. That's okay. You're not doing it to like, you know, brag about it when you're doing it like that. But you're just saying, am I going to do it personally? Or is this like kind of a corporate thing? Then for what? That's where you need to decide what kind of fast works for you at this time in your life. Are you going to choose to do an absolute fast or are you going to do a liquid fast? 
Are you going to choose to do a partial fast or are you going to do a non-food fast? Whatever it is, think about the what kind that you're going to do. And so then you need to decide the when. And really that's like how long are you going to do it? Is it just for an hour, like during your lunch break? Or is it going to be for a day? Or is it going to be for three days? Or are you going to choose over the next, like, I want you to think long about this. Over the next two years, I'm going to incorporate fasting as a spiritual discipline. And so I'm going to start off small with the goal of getting, like, longer and longer as you see the benefits of it in your relationship with Jesus. And so then you got to think about where. And where is kind of a tricky one because, you know, where you are is where you are. But as you're doing it, but just think about the logistics of it. Think about, like, if you're only doing it and your spouse isn't doing it, how that's going to affect them. Think about when you get invited to meals, like, how you're going to explain it. Again, when you explain it, like, normally, you're not, like, bragging about it. You're just saying, you know what, I'm actually doing a fast right now, and so I can't, like, I can come, but I'm only eating fruits and vegetables. Or, you know, just explain it like that. It's be simple. But just think about those things pre-planning versus being in the moment, and you're setting up, like, temptation for you to fail, you know, so those things. And so then the easy questions, the why, really you're wanting to be centered on God and you want to pursue him with your whole heart. And then the how, and this is really important, is we do it by the power of the spirit of God living inside of us. When we're talking about fasting, you do it by the power of God from the power that comes from every word that he speaks that comes out of his mouth. And so I hope you're encouraged by that. It's, it's not some complicated thing, and it doesn't have to be something that's intimidating, but can be really practical and simple for your life and your walk with Jesus. And so today our action point, it was just very simple and very like timely and seasonal for this, the season that we're in as a church and as a community as we're approaching Easter. But it's simply to fast and pray for those who need Jesus. And so what we would love for you to do, and we're going to like post this out and we'll challenge people who aren't here today, but that we would just take intentional times over the next two weeks as we head into Easter just to fast. Maybe that's a meal for you. Maybe someone's going to do a day this week and a day next week. Whatever it is you feel that God's going to challenge you to do. But we take a time to fast and part of that prayer time that you would just really pray for those who need Jesus for those that aren't following him, for those that have never known what it means to be loved by God because they've just never taken that step. They've never been invited to a church. And just to say, that's going to be part of my prayer focus. Now, you might have other things going on in your life. You might say, you know what? This is really timely because I'm walking through some major decisions in my life and I just needed something to help me refocus and know that I'm making the right decisions. Fasting is a great opportunity for you to get that vision and focus when you're making those types of decisions. I know like when my mom was sick and every time she had a test coming up or a, a procedure, we would take time as a family to fast. And it, it wasn't ever a big thing. It never became like a multiple day thing. But we would take time to just fast and pray over my mom. And I think it's those times, intentional times of prayer and focusing on Jesus were things that helped me come out of that knowing a different perspective and a bigger picture of what was going on in my family's life at that time. And so again, some of us might just need to all out pursue after God and fasting is a really intentional, a really simple way for you to find that fulfillment where maybe you've never felt it before. And so I would just encourage you as we pray for that, for people that need to find Jesus, that we would really believe it. That we would even like use 
our own power to begin to fulfill some of those things, that we begin to notice people that don't know Jesus and look for opportunities to maybe invite them to come to church on Easter. It's gonna be a low pressure situation where we just present the love of Jesus for every person that's gonna be in the room. And so we think more people need to know about him. And so we're gonna take time to worship right now and take a few minutes just to rest in God's presence. And so I'd encourage you to just do some of that self-examining, do some of that maybe self-planning and maybe you'll use your, uh, like the sheet inside of your worship guide or a little notes on your, um, in your phone just to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna start creating that plan. I'm gonna start asking those questions. Who, what, when, why, how, and where? and just begin to begin to process that. You know what, this week, God, what could I fast or what could I do to pursue you in a deeper way this week? And then to just pray for those needs that we have as a church and just presenting the love of God through the gospel of Jesus uh, this Easter. So I'm gonna pray and I just encourage you to take time as Dave sings that we would just lift up God, that we would just pursue him with our whole heart through every step that we have in our lives. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this moment, God. And I pray, Lord, that for some here today, this might be a new spiritual practice that they've never done before. And if there's intimidation or fear or uh, just shyness, God, I pray that you would use the next three minutes to just embolden them with the power that comes from your spirit, God. That they would find the nerve to put, take a step to just fill out the plan in their mind and to know that they're gonna do something this week that's totally different, but it's gonna be totally fulfilling for their walk with you. Yet I pray for everyone that might fast this week and over the next two weeks, and maybe it's not gonna go as well as expected. Maybe they're gonna give in and eat the cheeseburger, you know, that they said they weren't gonna eat. I just pray, Lord, that there would be no condemnation, God. This is not anything that's sinful. We're just doing this to pursue after you, God. But in that, I pray, Lord, that you would reward those who have chosen to take a step to pursue after you in a deeper way. God, not that we would become prideful, not that we would become proud of ourselves, but that we would just humble ourselves before you, God, and just continue to ask what you have for us, God, a life centered on you, a life that is balanced, not overindulgent in certain things and not underindulgent in others, God, but that we would be people that are full of your word, full of your love in every part of our lives. And so we just give you these next few minutes as we process and think about that. We lift your name up today. We give you glory and thank you for this time that we have together in your name.